For almost a decade on my TV show, Interview with Ed, I've been interviewing extra-dimensional beings and consciousnesses from a number of different realms. Many of my questions have been answered, but with every answer comes more questions. Join me on my ongoing quest to find out who are we, why are we here, and where are we going? Suzanne, Suzanne Spooner is back with us. Uh, so super excited to talk today about all kinds of stuff because because that's who you are. I've said this many times, but you you have my dream job. I am doing my dream job, but you have the next level of my dream job, which is exploring consciousness, talking to people from the other side of the veil and your data collecting and connecting the dots. So um, yeah, it's fun. So welcome. Welcome back. And I have a ton of questions today. I'm sure our, our members also have some stuff to chime in on. But first, uh, what, what are you up to, Suzanne? How's it been going since our last talk? It's been a few months. It's been a few months. Thank you for having me back on. And yeah. hi, everybody. It's nice to be here with, with all of you. Um, a lot of stuff is going on right now. It's actually pretty exciting. I start filming for another TV show this week. Oh, wow. Um, which will be fun. It's more, it's going to be interesting. It's more geared towards mainstream um, people that, you know, this, the topics that, that I explore in hypnosis are going to be a newer um, idea to the people that, that end up seeing this. So different okay. type of, um, of scenario that fun to be a part of it anyways. Can you, can you say who it's with or what's that, or is that still kind of off seats? No, no, no. It's uh, the gentleman's name. It's David Marsh. Um, he's a filmmaker and um, has uh, won some awards. There's a Netflix show that he's done called um, Adapting to Dive, which is about, um, I think, people that are paraplegic and quadriplegic, taking them on on deep dives in the ocean and um, pretty cool. Oh, wow. Pretty cool show. Um, I think that's on Netflix. And um, he's just amazing. He's 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 doing each episode with different practitioners. So some do the the process that I do, which is QHHT, quantum healing hypnosis technique. Um, but he's also using people that use other forms of regression hypnosis. So it's going to be a really interesting, well-rounded, you know, experience. I think for the viewers. Wow. Yeah. It sounds. And it, you think it will? Is it something that's going to be pushed over to Netflix or trying to get on Netflix? I don't, that I, I'm not sure. He's, he's working on that now. So I, I hopefully I'll know more by the end of this next week. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, you make a, a cameo in our school project, which we're trying to, yeah. uh, it's coming together. <laughs> I'll, I'll share, uh, did I send you the teaser, right? Did I send you the teaser? I don't know. Oh, I, I didn't? don't think so. Oh, no, shoot. Okay. I'll send you the teaser. Actually, I have a couple okay. episodes, uh, very early, very, very <laughs> early, like wave or, but, um, your stuff is amazing. So we, you know, we tapped oh, thank into- thank you. That was a blast. That was, was kind so much of a, fun. A f on the fly uh, request, which you graciously allowed us to um, to do with Bill. And uh, we put Bill under and had him talk about the skull and <laughs> discovering the secrets <laughs> of the universe. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't oh. a really willing participant at first, but uh, he was worried he couldn't do it, which is just so funny because of who he is and what he does. But- he did. He was just a rock star. And it yeah. was, it was, you know, you know, I am the one that likes to ask a lot of questions. And so to be able to 
do that in Bill's case and the connection that he has with that skull, it was the the information that we got was was pretty mind blowing. It is. And it's coming, it's, it's editing together really beautifully with the story, the greater story uh, that we, we, we still are putting the pieces together, you know, the connections to the Maya, the connections to Atlantis, all of these ancient uh, civilizations and, and how uh, Bill, you know, in his past lives <laughs> and these and carrying this, this uh, legacy of, of being skullkeeper. So it's, it's, it, yeah. it fits, to, it's fitting together really nice. So I can't wait to share more with you. Um, be great. So, so what, what, uh, I, I kind of wanted to start by asking today, since we, we started sort of what middle COVID, what was that? It was 2021 yeah. Easter 2021. Right. So we were kind of like yeah. slap dab in the middle of COVID. We're, uh, getting all this information about from the designers about insertions of, uh, of, uh, what do they call it? Molecules, right. Of, of some sort of molecules. Right. And, and I wanted to get your take on what is, what does that mean? And then where are we at now with not just the designers, but just the collective of your subjects, I don't know, uh, clients, you know, and, and clients, yeah, and clients, yeah. Subjects is that's probably not the good word. To use. <laughs> um, so your clients in, because again, uh, why I admire your work and is you're able to sort of peer, you've got this special view of the universe through the subconscious mm -hmm. of all of the people that you work with. And right. my, my guess is it's forming some sort of bigger picture. Um, obviously, Doris Cannon <laughs> and the big picture work that she was doing with the, the three waves mm -hmm. and, and um, just wondering how, what's the latest pulse on what are you seeing when you peer into those worlds? <laughs> is there a collective well, yeah, general story that's coming together? You know, it, you know, if, if I look back over the, I've been doing this work with hypnosis for over 10 years now. And if I, if I take a sample over those 10 years, um, some things are, are quite consistent. Some things are, are not. The most consistent part is that they, they, when I say that, I mean like the high cells or subconscious, that part of us that knows everything, um, has been very consistent in saying, truly, we're really on track. You know, the world can look very, very weird and crazy and um, topsy-turvy, but um, everything is actually right on track. Um, I had a session just this past week that I'm going to be putting out on my YouTube. It's a second session of a gal. I put her first session out. Um, it's been a year and a half since I first did her um, initial session. And we got to touch base with um, this amazing high self that comes through and and asks where we at from that point to this point right. with how the world's shaping up. And and they said, if you could see it from our our point of view, our vantage point, you'd see everything's just perfect. You know, there's nothing that's wrong and um, it's happening just as it's supposed to be happening. So I think that's a good thing. The, the other consistent thing that they say is because we always want to ask for what's going to happen this year, what's going to happen next week, and when's, okay. when's this big awakening going to, when's everything going to blow? Right. But they say they can't really give it to us in a, in a linear time frame because we're actually creating it as it happens, which goes back to Beverly's information with the designer of our reality simulations, 
that there there seems to be some things that are just destined to be the way that they're going to be. But yet we still, in this world that we live in, we have this gift of free will and that changes things. So it's kind of like, like the designer said, you have to, you have to kind of throw a net over everything, but then something can bubble up to the surface that they weren't expecting. And, and that changes um, our perception of, of what's going on. Um, well, let, let's, I know many of, probably most people in our audience are familiar with Dolores's work and, and sort of the bigger picture story, but let's, let's do a quick review if that's okay. Um, especially through your lens, cause you probably have a, a little bit of a different take on, on, um, what is, what is this bigger, uh, sort of, does she, does Dolores use the word ascension? What is, what's sort of her. Yeah. She was very well known for talking about the new earth. The new earth. So right. you'd hear her talking, um, about the earth splitting, you know, this old, this going into this 5d versus the 3d, um, and, and again, that overlays with what Beverly says and what many, many, many of my clients talk about sure. is um, it's really a perception thing. It's not that it isn't happened. It's already happened. It's just where our level of perception is at and being able to um, experience that, which I think and some of us are. I think a lot of us are now in little bits and pieces, and we may not realize what we just saw or, or felt or or the information that just came in that I do believe that is starting to happen more at a regular perceivable level. Right. And so in Dolores's work, she talks about the, the three waves and, um, and the volunteers, right. Or the, the star seeds yeah. and the, and the, is it the, I don't know the exact, she, she, cause she mentions like star seeds. Is it the, indigos and the star in the rainbow children. I don't know she, how was that she she would talk about that but that her what she was well known for was talking about those three waves of volunteers three waves mm-hmm. um there's one whole book dedicated to that topic um and she would say it, it's that it's the souls that are here to help with this great um ascension or shift mm-hmm. and the three waves came in at different times um in a linear fashion to begin and maintain the momentum that we're on so that that first wave would would have been back like 40s 50s and then take a couple more decades for the next wave and now we're kind of getting these super um starseed babies in that just know what they know and it's the little ones that are telling us all about things i i have a one and a half year old granddaughter so okay i'm her grandma so i'm gonna be kind of bragging on her a little bit but she's like so verbal, like so freakishly verbal. She could say over 300 words. She can speak in four word sentences now. And this, uh, yesterday I was taking her back home after watching her for a while. And in the backseat, I hear her talking about a rocket ship to the Milky Way. And then she'd go, let's go. Like, oh, okay, we're, this, we're here. We're going to start having these really interesting conversations. And these little ones are remembering a lot of it. Um, they, we had our memories wiped for a reason that we agreed to. That was part of our experience. But I think the young ones that are coming in, that's not quite the case with them. So it's a really beautiful part of our evolution that we're witnessing at this time. Wow. 
Yeah, I've seen a lot of really interesting kids <laughs> of late that just yeah, are like what? Where did you get that information? That's awesome. And so this this evolution to the new earth is it? Um, does Dolores ever talk about the earth changes, like physical uh, oh, yeah. changes that are going on? How does that? Uh, yeah, should... yeah, what's going on with 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 yeah. that and? Is there a reason? I think it's, it's, um, it's, it's a vibration and a frequency change and it's more, um, noticeable. I think, especially when we're out in nature that, uh, people can kind of hone into that, that feeling or that, you know, when you're outside taking a walk and it's beautiful and, um, you feel more relaxed because you're, you're sinking in with that frequency and from from the spectrum of people that I see as clients or friends that I know or people that I meet, um, everybody's at a little bit different place with all of that. And I don't see it as, oh, you know, this person's really advanced and they, they, they totally get it. And this person's dead asleep and no hope for them. You know, it's not like that because I really think everybody is exactly where they're supposed to be in this shift in frequency and vibration um, according to their soul plan. And I think what, one of the cool parts about where we're at right now is those of us that are kind of open to all of this, it's so obvious now where people are at. It's like, there's no more hiding from it. And it's, and it's sure. truly one of the gifts that we've had from the, the last couple of wonky years is, man, you really, you really, really see it. <laughs> Yeah, there's no hiding it anymore. It's, uh, I remember in the mm -hmm. early days, just talking about like the World Economic Forum groups and those kinds of things. I remember I, I felt like I was the only one uh, calling them out and people would, yeah. I actually had people trying to connect me with them. And I'm like, no, you know, I'm like, do you know the history of those guys? You know, do you know what their agenda is? Like, well, they seem like very nice people. And I'm like, yeah, man. Oh, I, no, thank you. Um, but now like everybody <laughs> knows the world economic forum, Klaus Schwab, the memes are amazing. Right. It's, it's, uh, it's <laughs> quite, uh, and all the actors, you know, from, from the gates and I'm not, I don't feel bad calling these people out anymore. Cause it's so, it's so obvious at that time. I kind of like bit my tongue and I didn't say anything because it was obvious to me, but I didn't, I still wasn't a hundred percent. I still was like, well, we'll see where this goes. But I had enough data that, uh, sets from my wide view of seeing reality that i was like okay these are the bad actors stay away from them and now it seems like yeah the the uh everybody you know rogan's talking about russell brand uh you know all these uh um uh, uh everything that's not the media right and it's so clear how manipulative the 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 media is uh really pushing these guys in the forefront and these are you know our saviors and our overlords and you're kind of like uh no i know I know who the characters are, and so does everybody else. So why are we doing this? Um, so it is nice. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you can. Yeah, you see it so much in in what it's presented. And the other day, uh, one thing my husband has done. He, he's. It's harder for him to take all of this in. Is I noticed in the last couple of years he likes to watch old movies, mm -hmm. and he just likes to put his head back into the simpler times. Sure. And we're I, I like I, I don't mean to ruin it for him at all, but it and it came out just I just I it came out when I thought I was gonna keep it in my head. But 
we were watching some super old movie and I just went, oh, I said, that's back when everybody thought everything was really normal and it was really messed up already. You know, <laughs> he looked at me like, stop it. <laughs> just let me have my space here. Sure, sure. I, but well, then when you start, we start it, really looking yeah. at it. It's like, wow, we've been like building up to this for so long. You know, this is exciting. We're here. Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess, so with, with the work, so looking at this collective body of evidence, what I, uh, obviously the future's not set. We don't know what's going to happen. But Dolores, in her work, had a pretty good uh, pulse on things back then. And it, we've mm -hmm. been going through it and stuff. So I'm, I'm curious, I guess the next phase for me um, that I'm sort of got my eyes on is uh, obviously geopolitical, economic, waking up to all the, the, the craziness of, of the manipulation and people in uh, these, these high power positions trying to do their goofiness, right, uh, on humanity. Mm -hmm. And humanity is waking up. We have this great revolution in, in uh, uh, Brazil that's happening right now. They're calling it the, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. the January 6th of Brazil, right? Um, right. Again, again, I'm not uh, I, I could care less on on which side of the politics, but uh, it, it seems there was clear manipulation in their their elections. So now people are starting to take action, um, and that's a good thing. But so we we know all that's happening. And I guess again, my focus, kind of where it's going now, is is these uh, the Earth changes, and that's why I was asking that question. Mm -hmm. Are you seeing anything in the uh, horizon from? Uh, maybe past work with Dolores and then your work now on, on what do we have to, to, to go into with, with that. And, and I've got sort of a theory, but I wanted to hear your, your ideas and what, what's coming through. Well, you know, it's kind of like, um, where do you focus your attention on? It's on one hand, I'll go back from Dolores to current. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's often explained that what you focus on becomes your reality, which we've all we're all aware of that. Yeah. So the ones that are scared of the climate situations, that's probably truly what they're going to be experiencing. Um, those that that feel like everything's happening the way it's supposed to and can be very calm and the energy level doesn't get so worked up over that, um, I think they have a different experience to that. What what has been coming through in my sessions recently, and, and it's it's a consistency over the years that um, it seems to have ramped up lately, is talks about um, the energy centers coming back to life and things like the pyramids and oh. the ley lines um, okay. are activating the grid around the last client was talking about uh, the golden grid that's around the earth and how that's doing. Um, and that, that we have got so many um, beings that are assisting and helping that we don't uh, perceive with our eyes so much. And then if you flip it back over to the designer information, which is like, boom, 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 you know, 10, 100,000 levels up from, sure, sure. from where I'm just sitting, um, you know, it, it's, we don't even have the body. We're, this is all just a really big illusion, right? <laughs> what right, that right, we're right. experiencing and creating. Um, there's just so many different ways of looking at it. So I, I don't know. I'm just enjoying the whole thing. Because of my work, I tend to go into observer mode um, mm -hmm. when I'm actually in a session. 
it doesn't do my client well if I get emotional with them or if I get worked up. So I go into observer mode because I'm trying to stay neutral and help them get the most information possible. So I really have used those skills over these last few years and stepped back and looked at things as they start to unfold. And I, I have my definite opinions about things, but I think I've I've been fairly good at looking at all sides and understanding why each one has that thought or opinion. Um, But then I really have also learned during this time to go with my gut. And that helps my vibration and frequency go up because I think when we go by the heart or the gut, that's always the truer part of us. That's the direct connect to that part of us that knows everything. And that's what I'm seeing individually in people more is that reliance. And um, this is so exciting. This makes me, this like just thrills me that we're waking up from the beliefs that we've been fed for generations and forever about how limited we are, how small we are, how we have to have people tell us what to do and how to do it. And so much so about the brainwashing of shutting down that right side of our mind, that part of us that knows everything, because we're told even as little ones, if if there's a bad dream, oh, you're just making it up. Well, the concept of just making it up is the controller's way of devaluing our imagination and creativity. And those are our two greatest gifts that we come into a life with, our direct connect to source or God. And so for years and ever, we've we've believed if you're making it up, it isn't real. And we really are seeing this turning point um, in my work where people are starting to trust more the thoughts and the the ideas, the the things they hear, the things they know, and that that connection to that part of them that knows it all, which that is, Mm -hmm. and then leaving and going by that instead of, oh my gosh, I don't know what I should do. And I'm probably not smart enough to make that decision. I need to ask them. And we all have all answers within us. It's, that's been the big um, untruth that we've bought into for generations. And, and it, yeah, and it's really beautiful to watch people embrace those imaginary uh, ideas and sort of instead of pushing them off start to integrate them into their lives and like well maybe this isn't right maybe i do have uh this connection to another world and let's see what happens if i explore that and start validating it and pulling in uh, ideas and information from these these this so-called imaginary world right and incorporating that into my life so yeah that's that's been super exciting to see people um, make that shift. And, and I was going to go into my theory of why I, I think if we collectively have embraced those types of ideas and as well as sort of move into these 5d consciousness, and there's a million labels you can slap on what that is, but basically just a lot of the teachings that are are taught here in these calls and your work, then the so-called earth changes, uh, will be less volatile. If that, uh, yeah, as, as a yes, absolutely. Yes. And, and then we don't need to worry about them so much. Um, but it really depends on the collective. Perhaps that's, this is the splitting of the worlds. One set of collective, uh, is going to experience depending on, on their, um, uh, uh acceptance or stepping into 
allowance of this 5D reality, then perhaps those who don't, then the, the world will look very different in the sense of, you know, violent earth changes and things like this. I, I, I don't know. What do, you, right. what do you think about that idea, that concept? Well, and I think it, too, with your theory, it's the understanding that um, things don't happen to us. They happen for us and we're creating them. Yes. We're in control of this to a great degree. And um, our what we are really in control of is our um, our reaction to it. Yes. Absolutely. And when you can really understand that and practice that concept, everything gets easier because you don't feel like you're a victim. You don't feel like you're being, things are just being thrown at you and you have no control over this. And life is really tough. It's like, oh, no, yeah. wait, hold on. Um, it's really, we're in a really dynamic time where humanity as a whole, from what I can see, is deciding how they want to relate with fear. And that's really everything. And Dolores was, uh, Dolores Cannon was very famous for a quote um, that she liked to give, which was, uh, fear is for entertainment purposes only. You know, she just, don't get, don't get tied into it at all. But really, that is the one thing that can, you know, we all know the feeling. We all experience it because we're human. Sure. But in that moment that you get locked into fear, your vibration frequency just goes straight down. You just, it's an awful feeling. It's that, that, that um, I've lost control. I don't know what to do. Um, but on the flip side of that, when you're like, I could picture myself doing this different with my life. And you sit there and you entertain what that change would be like and then and you start feeling better about things because you're in that that clarity um so i think what's really good about now is there's just more of us that are aware of those different sides yeah and um that helps us to maintain that neutral to higher level which then then brings better things to you because if you're in that higher place that's what you're creating you're creating a better experience for yourself and i think that's why some will have an easier time with these great shifts and changes and some will um be more in a fear type um experience and and man if we haven't had fear lobbed at us faster and and harder right. than ever before it's like we're all we've made it through death <laughs> you know it's right, like 2023 right. Um, I think it's going to come faster this year. I really have that feeling that um, the last year have just been priming us for what's coming this year. Yeah, that it does seem to be getting easier because maybe our, our tool sets as collective people are, are starting to uh, see, as we were just saying, see the, uh, the players involved and, oh, right. this, is, this narrative will create this response and, oh, okay, and they're going to do that. And we can kind of sort of... Um, see all the silliness in that um but going back to the um the difficult times in a sense um we can see how uh or we can ask the question how is this serving me how is this situation right. how is how is this um uh, um craziness you, whether it's in your life or maybe it's in somebody you know can kind of say well how is this serving me how what do i have to learn here so i can shift to not experience the craziness, right? Um, and uh, these are the tools that I think the natural, the way things are evolving, it it is quite um, natural in the sense that we're um, 
getting like I had, what, what was it the other day? I had this, when I was doing some Wim Hof breath work, I got this amazing uh, download and it was almost, I, I felt, I saw some Zetas come in uh, and they, <laughs> and they were sort of showing me how both perspectives, how um, people who, for example, chose to, uh, to get the vaccine and people who didn't choose to get the vaccine, how both uh, perspectives had so much, uh, they got, they learned so much from right, uh, right, right. From both sides. Right. So, and, um, yeah. and one was not better than the other. It was just like, oh, okay, right. if you do this, then you have, then the, for example, people who chose to get it, uh, you know, 99% of the people chose to get it because they wanted to protect family members and protect, um, uh, based on the information that was told. Right. So it was, uh, very heart centered in, in their choices. Right. And, uh, and then for those who, who didn't choose for, for different reasons, uh, it was, um, still also heart centered, but in a different way, so, but it was very, there was all these different angles and different things, um, uh, uh, in different perspectives. And I just, from their perspective, it was like, Whoa, thank you humanity for this giant lesson. Um, and then in that, we as humanity can then navigate and get the lessons, the shaming, they're shaming on both sides, shaming, uh, from this side, Oh, you got to get it. And shaming from this side, Oh, you got it. And it's this, it's madness, but we're sort of now harmonizing and figuring it out and realizing, okay, uh, now how do we help each other, you know, through the next phase. Right. So, uh, whether you chose to get or didn't choose or whatever it is, you know, we're all in this together. And well, you know, and I think too, you know, even from the very beginning, it was such a, um, it was such an opportunity to find that people shared to explore what's really going on in our world. We never really had taken the time to do that. We just were on our hamster wheels and doing the things that we needed to do. And, um, that's, I'm, I'm like the obnoxious last half fool girl. I want to find what, where are the good things that are coming from all this? So that was when, when that all started going down, I'm like, well, you know, I mean, I wasn't planning on having several weeks off, but no, I can do this. Or so many opportunities came out of that. It was still weird and it's still right. But, um, I think we'll look back on this time and really appreciate the exponential growth that we had as humanity as a whole from this experience. And I feel like we'll never be how we were. Our world will never be how it was, you know, and in in a way at my age, I'm really grateful that I'd had a life without technology and um, things in, in a simpler vein that way. But I'm also very excited about what's going to happen in the future. And, um, you know, we all agreed to be here at this time. And um, Dolores would say, if you have a body during these times, you've got the golden ticket because so many souls want to be here on the earth for these monumental changes because it's a change. Um, the shifting from from dimensions mm-hmm. has has rarely ever been done. I think what I've heard in sessions, in my own sessions, is it's done, it's been done maybe once. And so that's why there's so many beings watching what's going on here because it's, it is the grand experiment and we're, we all asked to be here if we realize it or not. And we're getting a huge leap in soul growth from this experience. And 
where we'll take this in our parallel lives or um, next lives will help other places and other other right. experiences of, of aspects of ourselves. Yeah, yeah, definitely getting that confirmation in my meditations from other beings, just feeling that the the, the gratefulness and the support that for that uh, they're like, hey yeah. guys, they're cheering us on from the other side. Like, go oh, go guys, you got this. Um, and, and the good thing is there is no right or wrong. There is no, right. there isn't. Of, uh, sort of, oh, I made this choice. Therefore, oh, they don't got my back anymore. There's not any of that going on. It's, it's kind of, uh, it's hard for us to, to, to fathom because we're so used to there's this the right way and there's the wrong way and you do it this way. So there's n sort of none of that. I guess if you're in, in some of those b bad, uh, circles of like human trafficking, that kind of stuff, I guess you, then you would be. In a, in a, that, that would, we could consider that a, a wrong way, but as far as just, you know, basic humanity, you know what? Going I would, I would say no though, Robin, oh, um, okay. you know, what I, what I, what I see in, in my work is, I mean, those are hard, horrible. There's so many hard, horrible experiences on earth. I mean, that's part of our gig, sure. but when you really get down talking to the high self about uh, individuals life experience. It will be for a reason and it just, it doesn't seem fair and it doesn't seem right. Um, but on a higher level, it's understood. And, and even back to what you just said before about right and wrong decision in, in my work, what shows is that when you make one decision, there's another aspect of you that's making the other decision because your soul wants to have all of the experiences. So we're all splitting off often into different aspects of ourselves. We're not aware of all of them because that would be pretty confusing, but it is, it's kind of on that linear time is uh, an earth life experience. It's not really how it is in, in, in other places. Sure. There's no time, um, which is, can be a, a mind blowing topic. So, you know, I think there are no wrong decisions. I mean, sure, sure, sure. And yeah, I, I don't think people should go out and do horrible things, but right, right, right. From in my work, part of uh, a session with a client is hearing about their life story. So I have heard thousands of life stories and some are just heart wrenching. And you don't know how one human being could live through the things that they have, but, but they do. And what I notice in, in that experience is, well, they're telling me the life story there's a lot of, I don't get it when I'm a good person, but then this happened and I tried really hard for that, but then that happened and my family and, and all these experiences that, have, that seem stacked against me and I'm trying so hard. And that is, that's a human perspective. But what happens in a QHHT session is from a different higher, if you want to say higher, vantage point, it gets explained and understood. And it's oftentimes things, ways of understanding it that the client never even fathomed before. It gives them something in a whole new way to look at. And the gift of that, that I see right away is when I count them up and they're coming out of that deep state of relaxation, there's just like a look of wonderment or Godsmack. Um, like, wow, I get it. And the you can see just a lightness in their being because they it takes the victimhood away and that makes a person more sovereign. So it, we, you, you lose that baggage and it's, it's, right. it's an yeah, amazing... See, the, 
even the Gates and the Fauci's of the world and the and the uh, Klaus Schwab's have their role yeah, in helping like, humanity ascend. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you, and you think, yeah. who would sign up for that one? You know, right, like, wow. Right. Yes, you know, that's but, true. You know, <laughs> but, you know, yeah. you know, I remember a long ago, um, this is kind of a personal little story, but it was so good. I was going through a horrible divorce, a very scary divorce. And um, I had to leave to go out of town for work, um, not doing what I do now. And my mom was so sweet. She was watching my kids and she like threw, this was a long time ago. She threw like six cassette tapes into my car and she said, listen to this on the way. And I'm like, oh my God, are you kidding me, mom? Like, I, I, I've got enough to think about it. And she's like, you just need to listen to him. I don't, I haven't listened to him. And I'm like, you haven't listened to him? I'm like, okay, thanks. Okay. And um, so I start driving and I, I keep looking over to the seat and like, oh, why'd she do that? Oh, I don't want to listen to this. I'm like, okay, fine. I will put one in and then I will tell her I tried to listen to him and then I'll be done with him. And you know what it was? It was a bootlegged copy of a Carolyn Miss um, conference. You know who she is? No, I'm not familiar. Carolyn M-Y-S-S. She's amazing. She's been around forever. But she talks about our archetypes and the type of person that we are and how it fits in with our life and all that. She's a really cool lady. And um, but what she was talking about was our, she called it our tribe. There are people that we live with, our family, our friends, the people we work with, the people that we're in contact with a lot. And she was talking about how important it is to have the jerk in your life. Because those are the ones that make you grow. They, you won't stay comfortable staying in a situation with them if they're not treating you well. And that the ones that treat you well are there to help calm things down. But you need those agitators so that you'll, you'll not stay too comfortable in one place. So that you keep recreating yourself, right? Yep. And she says you really need to be grateful to these, to these jerks. Because, because they're, they're amazing teachers. And on the other side... You're all light and you're all wonderful. And you're high-fiving. Oh, I was the bad guy. Oh, you should have an Academy Award. You're so good at it. And I, I really took that in for where I was at in my life. And I remember driving down the interstate saying, thank you to my mother-in-law. And, you know, thank you to my future ex-husband. And like, okay, you guys are making me. And now I look back on that time and I'm like, wow, thank God. I wouldn't be who I am today if I didn't go through what I did then. It, it wasn't comfortable. It was not happy at all. It was very scary, but, but I'm a, I am a better person for that. And I think I have more compassion and understanding for the human experience because of that. Yeah. If we can shift our perspectives like that, that's the key. It, it is all about perspective. Ultimately, it seems if we're fixated, like you were saying earlier, in a victimhood type situation, as opposed to, okay, where are the lessons, you know, where are the jerks who come on, teach me guys. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been somebody's jerk. It just We've happens been, that way. We're jerks ourselves. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I, I, I love uh, playing bad guys as opposed to playing good guys in, 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 uh, in, in my acting career, just because the bad guys, it was so much fun. There's no, uh, good guys have this rule book that they have to go by. You have to do this, you have to do this, and you're, you know, and it's very limited. And when you're a bad guy, they don't, um, as far as even the director or, whoever's there, they don't really care what you do. And the more out there and crazy stuff you, you do, they're actually, oh yeah, that's good. Do that, do that. So um, I think bad guys, uh, you know, they come and they have fun and then they go away. <laughs> they teach the lessons and they go away. 
But, um, you know, that that's like um, years ago, I had a um, a client who <clears throat> I have this clip out on YouTube. It's hilarious. If you just search my name and ego or the ego, it'll pop mm-hmm. right up. It's the best little clip to listen to. This client intercession was um, it was a great conversation with the high self, really connected, super good. And she, the high self was talking about how healthy of a relationship this client had with her ego. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. You don't hear that really often. And I was asking more questions and I was sitting there and I thought, gosh, I've never thought to ask this question, but I asked, I said, could could we talk with her ego? And, and the high self goes, well, yeah, you can do that. And I'm like, oh, sweet. You know, like, oh, I've never interviewed an ego before. This is going to be. Awesome. And so, you know, I, I wasn't prepared for this. I had no, I just flying by the seat of my pants is the yeah. funniest conversation. But you hear her voice switch a little bit and just utter surprise. And you hear her say, whoa, 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 nobody ever has to talk to me. Whoa, this is amazing. And they're like, okay, what do you want to talk about? You know, and, and she's like, well, it's great being an ego. I get to do all the bad things. And, but really, I just love her as much as the high self loves her. You know, we just take a longer, messier journey to get to the same place, but we learn a lot of things along the ways. And, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's a really good way of looking at it. We don't have to kill our ego off. That part of us is there to help us um, be protected and, and to make the decisions that, that will be best for us. Um, it just has kind of a wonky way about it. And, and when you have that understanding and you love that part of yourself, instead of thinking it's, it's a bad part, um, again, the perception changes. So right. humans are so amazing. I mean, we just have such, such experiences deep within us. And when you get the opportunity to tap into them and learn from them, uh, oh my gosh, I do have the best job ever. I think it's better than yours, <laughs> I, I Yes, just a little bit. Um, Wade said, um, Wade said he saw that it was that online somewhere. Is that, uh, available to see the, the, yeah, it's, yeah, it's on, it's on my old YouTube channel. Okay. But if you just search again, my name and the ego, it pops right up and it's, I oh, think cool. it's like 13 minutes. It's not very oh, long. Sweet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to check that one out. I'll, I'll try to find him the link in, in the replay. Um, I, I wanted to go back. I had, we'll start opening up for questions, guys, if you raise your hands. Um, but I had, I wanted to go back to. The dimensional shift topic, you said that this is the only time it's happened in this way, um, or maybe the second time. Or One other time. One other time. One yeah. other time, but it was a different type of shift. And actually, I think that's in Beverly's material that we're, oh, okay. we're, we're transcribing all of her material um, to get into a book. So nice. that, I believe, is in, in one of her sessions. Sweet, sweet. So from my understanding of the the the, the 26,000 year cycle of the fall and the rise, right? So we've, and we've kind of gone in these, uh, I guess they're termed like epochs, different epochs. And then we have the 13,000 year cycle. So I guess in these past times of the rise and the fall, uh, this, this particular one then would be considered different because it sounds like it's only happened one other time, probably not on earth. So we are not going to experience this rise and fall. Is this like a, you said a dimensional shift? Um, well, I, I think, I think the rise and the fall, you, you go back to Atlantis and Lemuria yeah. and all that, but in a way that was more a wiping of things. It wasn't an, an ascension. 
type okay. situation. Yeah. Right. I think that's like where this is different. It's where we're we're being more aware of our realities and um, that we're not so just a solid body. It's really just a, a suit that we're wearing. Mm-hmm. So that that you know, I see it. Um, it's like there's there's a little uh, ret well, it's not little. It's a kind of a large deli in Des Moines, Iowa, and I experienced for a few moments what it was like to be in that higher elevation. Walking into that restaurant of all things, I was just stopping down there to get um, some lunch to go down to my office before I did a session. And I walked into this place I've been to a bunch of times before. And I I first just like stopped and like kind of looked around because it felt so good. Like it just felt so good. And I'm like, well, I know Palmer's. I mean, this is Palmer's, but wow, man, it like feels really good in here today. And I'm like, okay, well, go order something. So I went up to where the sandwiches are and there's this guy, I just love him. Um, he's a really big guy and he's bold and he's got this great smile. He's missing a tooth or two. I just love him. And, um, but that day he just looked at me and he goes, I'm so glad you're here. And I'm like, gosh, thank you. I'm really glad you came into work today that, so I could see you. And he's like, what can I make you? And I'm like, oh my goodness, wouldn't you like, you know, what are you, it's this big love thing. And it was just the, the kindest, funnest, high vibe conversation. And everywhere I went, everybody was smiling and it was just, it was so light. And I wish I would have stayed there to eat, but I, I was kind of overwhelmed. I didn't know what exactly was happening. And I got my food and I left. I'm like, wow, that was like everything in there was brighter. And it was so luck filled. And I, I wondered, like, I wonder if that's by D. And the next day, I don't usually go there two days in a row, but I'm like, I want to go back to Palmer's. That, whatever they're having, I want. That was great. And I walked in and just as soon as I walked in, I was like, hmm, oh, we're back. This is just 3D Palmer's. Right. right. <laughs> so you got a little taste but, of the 5D. So I think, you know, and it can be in our dream time or just as we're mm. just waking up in the morning, we get these epiphanies or meditation. I think we're all plugging in more than we may even be aware of into these higher frequencies. And I think it's kind of like a tapping in, tapping out, tapping in, tapping out until we're really starting to go, oh yeah, that's that's the way I want to be. And and when you catch yourself in a snarky mood or being a little grumpy about things, and you can recognize that too, and just say, I'm in control of this. Instead of thinking this about that person, I'm gonna think like they're awesome and they're they're doing the best that they can do. And I don't have to hang on to anything anymore. And then that shift. But it's it's our inner work. This it's not Sometimes in sessions, they will talk about like some big thing happening all at once and everybody changes and shifts all at one blink of an eye. And I'm open to anything. That would be the easy way to go. We won't have to work very hard if, if that mm-hmm. happens. But my, my intuition says it's an inside job. And that's why we're all so focused on where we're at right now. It's going to be an individual situation. And that's where you can really see it. The people that are at peace with their life or having one situation and the doomers and gloomers are going to have a different situation and no judgment again, but that's the difference. I like that inside job, 5D. It's going to, it's going to be an inside job moving to the 5D. Yeah. And, and for the, for this, 
vision of the new earth uh have you or dolores um in her work have have you guys gotten any obviously the heart centeredness this love feeling but have you gotten any other glimpses of what it might be looking like as far as uh, our day-to-day lives experiencing things what does the world look like have you well uh, i'll give you an example of one of my clients and this is like we're all gonna want to like i want that i want that experience please so she's talking to me about her life story and she goes it's just so weird it's like you know when i need to make a decision that's really important like literally if i just say i have to i'm gonna I'm going to go down this road or down that road. And once I know they're both really important, but I don't know which one to take. She goes, the one that, that I should take literally lights up. Like I literally see a light or if she's talking to a person and if she sees a light, the light around them, she like, whatever they're saying, she's going to guide. And I'm like, you, you physically see a light. And she's like, yeah, it's like, I am like, how do you do that? I would like to have it be like that. Like, wow. So that was a, that was a fun conversation with with her higher self about that. So I'm I'm always a student. I always want to learn. I want to know how do these things happen. But it's really interesting in my field because I get to hear about different people's situations of their gifts, or you know, they may not even realize it's a gift, but they have this intuition or this knowing, or they have these dreams and. When you can really dive deep into their consciousness and ask question after question after question and get deeper and deeper with the answer, yeah. it's astounding what we know. And and when we can trust that part of us, then that's where we're at. Here's the, here's the really good news. You know, I, I like to tell my clients when they come in, a lot of them would say, I've never done hypnosis before. And I just want to like check out and go to sleep and then just wake me up at the end and tell me what happened. And I'm like, Sorry, you're like 10 years too late for that. It used to be like that. Right, it used right. to be, we call it the amnesia experience. They didn't fall asleep, but they almost felt like they did because they weren't aware what was going on during the session. When we count them up at the end and they'd open their eyes up, they couldn't um, remember anything that they had said or what had occurred. Um, and then about 10 years ago, which is when I started, things started to shift. And from that amnesia experience, people started to feel more aware during the session. And it was, at first, it was like this big, what the heck is happening? Because they're not behaving the way they used to. And the clients are like, what the heck is happening? I thought I got to just like go to sleep and wake up with all this astounding information about myself. Um, <laughs> but what was happening is during the sessions, they would say that they were still feeling somewhat aware. They might say things like, I think I'm not in deep enough. I think I'm making this up. Um, and then the other change was when we counted them up, now they had more memory. They were remembering what their other lifetimes that they saw were about, or they would remember what the healing was like that they were doing in their body um, with the high self. Um, so one of the coolest parts of my job is I get to ask the questions about anything with the high selves. And what they've told me over all this time is that going from that a sleepy state, that amnesia experience to being much more aware in a session, which is where we are now, is part of our evolution. So we're witnessing this, this change in evolution, which is so exciting because they say where we're headed and we're this close to it is where you are an awake and aware high self in a physical being. 
So you can tap into all this knowledge that you all have. We all have it. And you can run with it. You don't need a session with me. You can do it all by yourself. And they say, if we would have gone from amnesia time 10 years ago to fully awake and aware, knowing everything, all in a blink of an eye, it would have fried our circuit boards. We were, we're not wired to be able to make that big of a jump. So it's been 10 years where more and more clients are feeling more aware in the sessions. And so now it's, it's managing that awareness so that they don't get so looped into the doubt and the fear and the worry of the left brain. It's, it's a, you kind of have to manage the naughty child and encourage the shy one to come out at the same time as like spinning plates, you know, in <laughs> sessions. But that's such a great lesson for the client because when they come out of that experience, they still have a lot of memory. Although it's kind of like a dream, it tends to fade away, but we record it. So they always have that to come back to. Um, but if they have that awareness to it, they have more uh, relatability to what they experienced. Um, before in the amnesia days, they would get their recording and uh, they it'd be like hearing somebody else on a recording because they didn't have any memory of it. Right, right. But with what's, the- what's kind of fun in a session now is with managing that that somewhat awareness, not fully aware, partially aware. Um, they'll sometimes pop up and ask their own questions or the high self might say, well, about what I just said, he's wondering, you know, why couldn't it have been this way? And it couldn't have been this way because of this and this and this. So it's almost like a three-way conversation going on at times. And, and, and again, that just shows us how amazing we are and how we've got the ability to tap into this knowledge anytime. That, that reflects the same with my research when talking to channelers. And uh, when I started this about 10 years ago, doing these interviews with the channelers. And at that time, most of the channelers uh, had to go into this deep trance where like Daryl Anka or Rob, where they would go, Rob Gothier would go into this deep trance and they would go into another world and they would just let the body do its thing and and have very, yeah. maybe they knew an idea of the general topic, but not really what's going on. And then this lighter trance or the semi-trance, I forget the, the term for it, but uh, this, the, the channeling sessions started to go in um, for the new people coming online and stuff where they were still present. It was more like being in the backseat of the car while the car was driving. They were still hearing the conversation. And <laughs> And then that's what, that's and, what Paul Selig says is that he feels like he's in the back seat, like the on the seat, seat, like oh, okay. doing that. Yeah, yeah. I've, <laughs> I've heard a few channelers talk about it in that sense. Um, so, um, that's, that's what it was like for me when I got regressed with, uh, Barbara Lamb and mm-hmm. I had asked her to, Hey, Barbara, I want to, ch- I want to channel. Let's do this. And she's like, okay, I've never done this before, but let's try. Um, <laughs> but it, but it literally felt like I was, I was there in the room. Um, yeah. and I even described this, her voice was like right here, you know, like when you're regressing and all of a sudden her yeah. voice was sounded like it was on the other side of the room. And I wow. was, I was like, how did she, and I was trying to think mentally in my mind, how the hell did she get <laughs> over there? I know she, I can feel her right here, but her voice is coming right there. And it took me a while oh, to figure cool. it out. And sort of like the, after the session, I'm like, oh, she didn't move. I moved. I like my consciousness moved. <laughs> A little bit further away so i was listening well you know what yeah and that is a really good example to show how things happen when we're in these deep states that you're not expecting right and sometimes in a session we'll say things like that um 
as a way of showing you're not so awake and aware. You're experiencing more than what your analytical mind wants to admit that you are, perhaps. So, so yeah, so I guess where we are, these are, it's great to, to share data like this because we can sort of see the physical evidence in our clients or our, in my case, the interviews with the channelers to see how it's correlating that this, uh, we're actually going through a major shift here. If anybody doubted it, you know, it's, it's happening. Uh, humanity okay. is evolving. So, uh, I saw somebody earlier had their hand up. Oh, Glenn, he's got his hand. Go ahead, Glenn. Good to see you again. It's been a minute. Yeah, I know it's it's been a it's been a while. It's good to it's good to see you, Ruben, and a few of the faces in here I recognize. It's been a few months. And Suzanne, you do have the coolest job, and I I want that job too. <laughs> I've 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 got a similar I've got a similar job, and I'm working towards it. And and you will be training me at some point, I'm sure. <laughs> this QH is to I want to do it. Um, when you were talking earlier, you were talking about um, the this the way that people think if I'm making it up and the way that we've been trained to think if I make it up, then it's not real. I, I loved what you were saying with that. I, that the way that I've approached it, uh, a kind of a similar way of looking at things is I, I have like a very small sliver of what I'm aware of. And I'm unaware of so much that pretty much any story I make up about what's going on or anything is a fiction of sorts. So it's, it's part of the information. It's not the whole information. And so like, this idea, if I'm making it up, it isn't real. One though, it actually is real. It's your reality, and it's a fiction. Is it? If it's a fiction, is it real? Is it not? When when I explain this to people or I talk to them about it, I just see them like their eyes glaze and they don't know anything to do with it. And I'm so I'm just wondering from your experience when you talk to people with your clients about if you're making it up, it isn't real or anything along these lines. How is it received typically? Because I think you said you, you think that it's shifting, that people are becoming more comfortable with that. And I, I hope that's the case, but I just wanted to see what your experience has been like with that. That's a great question. Yeah, we'll talk about this in every session because of the fact that people are feeling more aware in a session. So I want to prepare them for this and they don't yeah. just shut things down because they think they're making it up. So I'll talk about this is, this is how we've been trained to diminish this part of us that knows everything by... Um, feeling like we always have to question ourselves and um, that we wouldn't know an answer, that we're trained if we have a problem, we have to really think through it and we better do a pro and con list. And we probably need to get other people's advice because we don't know exactly what to do and they will tell us what we need to do. Um, and then what you usually hear from that is like, man, I should have trusted my gut. I would have been right. Well, that gut is the high self that we're wired so amazingly from source or God that that feeling in the, our stomach is really, it's it's a big way of guiding us. It's it's one of the ways the high self say that we try to talk to you guys all the time, if you would only pay attention and listen. And so that um, if we can go opposite of what we've been taught to, it, one of the biggest tips that I give people prior to doing the session is Whenever I ask you a question, just say the first thing that comes to mind. When yeah. you do that, what you're doing is you're not allowing yourself to go over to the left analytical side of the, your mind and analyze it to death. Right. Um, what we know, what I know from my work is if we trusted the first thought that comes to mind, 
that's our direct connect to the, that part of us that knows everything. We're always going to be the right answer. It's always the right answer. And so what happens in hypnosis is they're following my, my um, suggestions to help themselves get into this really relaxed state. And then, you know, I hope, and I'm also reminding them, just keep saying the first thing that comes to mind when I ask you the question. And pretty soon they just take off and they're running with that. And that's when all this information just flows out of them. And I tell them afterwards, now you've had this experience, use this in your life. Instead of running into a brick wall three times because you don't know what to do, quiet yourself down, ask, what do I need to do? And trust the very first thoughts that come to mind or visualize, I could do this, I could do that and that. And calm yourself down and picture what that would be like, because in that moment, you're creating that reality. And if we all knew that we have this within us, we would not need the controllers anymore. And that's yeah. what they're so fearful of, So, is we're realizing we are able to run our own lives, um, that we don't need to rely on on um, being told what to do or how to do it. Um it's, yeah, you know, it, it sounds like what you're doing is you're empowering your clients to trust themselves to like regardless of all the programming that would say don't trust yourself. Yes. And then what's what's interesting is they come out of the session, they all this amazing information is flowing through. And sometimes they'll look at me and they'll go, I think I just made that all up. Mm, right. be, I'm like, hold on, let me go over to the other side of the room and I'm gonna just hit my head on the wall over here a few times because we talked about those. That's you can't, where do we make things up from? We make it up from the right yeah. side. That's where our creativity and our imagination is. We just have been trained that that's a dirty word, that, that that's not a real thing. Um, and it's kept us under the thumb of the controllers very, yeah. very well. But now, right. but now we're better. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you, Suzanne. Yeah, thank you. Good luck on your journey. I'll be excited to have you in a class someday. Uh, yeah, I'm going to. Yeah, we got to check. We got to get an update, Glenn, on, on what's going on. I know you've been posting on your channel. I know you've been doing some good yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. I've taken a break for about a month, but I'm ready to get back into it a little bit more. But yeah, I'd love to catch up. Sweet. All right. Talk to you soon. Um, Cynthia, your hand's up. Hi, Suzanne. So lovely to be here with you today. Um, talked about so much amazing stuff already. I wanted to jump back to uh, earlier you were talking with Ruben about good versus bad and the choices that that people make and that they chose to be here. And like, I, I just wanted to touch on that because that resonated with me so hard since the time that I was a child. Like my parents told me that I was the one kid in all of the world crying during the Home Alone movie because nobody deserves to be treated so badly. The robber getting tricked and all the getting hurt and stuff. So like that one really resonated with me really hard. And when I'm having conversations with people who are not in the same place that I am in the journey, and they're all talking about, yeah, let go of attachment and judgment, but except these things, these things are bad and these things are evil. And, and I've kind of just fell back into that contraction of, oh, well, yeah, I'm not going to fight with you on this. And I, I don't know. It just meant the world to me to see you say to somebody, yeah, no, that's that's not how I see it. And I just really appreciated that because it's so resonant for me and it gave me a lot of courage. And I really appreciate that. Um, the other thing I wanted to touch on was the ego thing when you were doing the regression with the ego and the ego was so excited to 
get to talk because that this is super uh, relevant to an experience I had just this morning. I've been practicing the hemi-sync meditations and I kind of view those as a way to like train yourself to hypnotize yourself and what to do while you're in there kind of thing. And um, I've always really struggled. At the beginning, you're an energy conversion box. You're supposed to put your stuff in it. And I come to realize that that was like handing my ego the mic to talk about everything that it was concerned about and then yanking it away and telling it to be quiet. That wasn't working for me. Um, and so what I did this morning is I called to my higher self to embody me. And it was like it took over. And 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 I found myself telling myself, ego, you are you are my honored guest here sit here and watch the show. You're going to have so much time to talk about this. You're going to have so much time to reflect on this. Like this is for your healing. You're here. You're a part of this. I'm, and I just, I found myself bawling in the, in the meditation and it just felt so integrative and healing. And it was synchronistic with what you were talking about. And I just really appreciate it so much. I love you. I don't think I have a question. I just, I love everything that you're doing. And thank you so much for being here and sharing with us. It means so much. Thank you. Well, okay, can I say two things? Because you brought up two really good things. Um, okay, about the ego. Um, okay, here, I'll tell you a funny little part that it said, oh my God, it was so naughty. It was so funny. Um, I, I was sitting there really rapid fire trying to think of questions to ask the ego. And I said, so what do you think about negative self-talk? And it says, oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I'm like, oh, that's so naughty. That's terrible. And it says, no, negative self-talk is awesome because it, after a while, you get sick of it. And it, when, once you get sick of it, you go, okay, I'm done with that. I am good enough or whatever the issue is. And it, and it says, I'm still getting you to where the high self gets you. I just, I, we learn in different ways. And so learning in that ego way um, with negative self-talk is that example teaches you things that just boom your high self going oh, I'm wonderful already you wouldn't learn the same thing so it's it's all just a path to learning um and then the other thing I wanted to mention was the the first part that you talked about about the good and the bad um I do want to say this I see clients who are from every walk of life and I've had clients who um have done horrible horrible, horrible things to others. And they're the ones that we don't, as a society, like to um, give much grace to. But the gift that I get is I get to hear about their life story. And what I found is the people that we find that have done the, the most horrific things have a story to them too. And that doesn't make what they did okay at all. But it gives you more context to understand what their journey has been like. And I think that gives an air of compassion. And if we can be more compassionate with those around us and appreciate however they perceive their experiences, um, it just takes weight off of ourselves. I mean, we don't need to carry all of that of other people's stuff with us at all. But we're not designed to do that. We're not designed to to inherently care what other people think about us. That's just, that's like a, that's a big um, uh, energy drain. So, so thanks. That, those are two things I really wanted to bring up. So thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Thank thanks. you again so much. Thanks, Cynthia. Yeah. And, th and thank you, uh, uh, Suzanne, for sort of 
reminding me because I forget you get so caught up in the good guy, bad guy thing. And um, and it's it's easy to fall into that. The old story patterns of humanity, like everything in our movies. Oh, this guy's good. This guy's bad. And it's um, it's just, yeah, I needed that reminder. So thank you for calling me out on that one. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, Wade has his hand up. Oh, wait, but it's, it's all oh. of us. You know, I, I, I've got two hands in the air. That would be me too. Yeah, we're all, it's just an old pattern that we're still cycling through. And um, so it's good to, good to have our, our friends and family here remind us uh, when we sway a little too far <laughs> in the blame game or in the polarity game. Um, so thanks for, for, for reminding me of that. Uh, wait, go ahead. Got your hand up. I wanted to follow a little on the uh, somewhat lines of some of the earlier conversations. Um, I had one QHHT session, and uh, I got in a very relaxed state. But I, as uh, you mentioned, I I felt like I was aware of all of the answers I was giving. I was trying to follow the rule of saying the first thing that popped into my head. Um, but I feel like I was still very consciously aware of what was going on. You know, of course, wondering if I was providing good answers. I, and I was left at the end of the session uh, not feeling like I, I really got the type of information I, I was hoping to. I didn't think I I got in touch with uh, my higher self as, as much as I wanted to. I'm wondering, is there, I'm a very left brain kind of guy. I train myself to be that way my whole life. And now I'm trying to turn around a little bit. So I'm wondering if there's any way to, um, to train ourselves to become a better subject for that type of regression. Well, here's what I would say in my experience is honestly, and just kind of trust me on this one, everybody's session happens exactly the way they need it to happen. And expectations are really big. Um, Dolores would always say it's best to not have any expectations. And and that's a really great statement. And it's hard to do because we do have expectations of how we want things to go. But my my next question is, did you ever go back and listen to your recording? Uh, I do not. It's been about a year now, and I think it's about time to go back and listen to it, I think. Because here's what I, here's what I would guess, is when you go back and listen to it, you're going to have some epiphanies and ahas from it. Because a lot of the times, especially when we're trained to really be in our left analytical minds, as soon as we get out of that session, it's just like that example I gave you. I think I made it all up. Now, I know from what I've seen and what I'm watching and looking for and listening for, I have a really good idea of where people are at and these levels of awareness and consciousness. So when they say things like that, I'm taking notes all through my session. So, and, and, I'll, and I know that this could come up. So I'll write down some things that I might even ask the high self, what do you think is going to surprise the most about this? And let them answer that. And I'll write that down. And so as we're going over the session again, I'll say, what did you think about, you know, when you said this? And they'll go, well, I wasn't expecting that answer. And I'm like, yeah, that's really cool because you just let information come in that you weren't expecting to hear. Now, what I found is um, I'll call some sessions like the Rolling Stone sessions. You might not get what you want, but you will get what you need. And as you listen to your recording again, that's what I think you're going to find is that it hit home more than you think. Um, you remember less than you thought, and it makes more sense than you could imagine. That just tends to be how this goes. And again, that's just kind of like the, um, I don't want to say battle because I don't like that word, but it, that's the, the conversation between the left and the right side. That left side 
is doing a lot of work right now. We got to give it a lot of love because it's letting go of fear and it's and it's learning from the right side of our brains how to be um, more whole and not um, from a place of fear, more of a place of unconditional love. So it's looking at the right side as um, interesting um, and giving up the thought that it knows everything um, and that it needs to wrap everything up in a big ball of fear. So be really um, gentle with yourself and just trust me that it went exactly the way that you needed it to. And I promise if you go back and really listen to that with, with ears in the frame of mind that this is exactly what I needed to have happen at that time to get the information I needed. You're going to see a lot more benefit from it. If you, if you look at it as I made it all up and it, I wasn't as deep as I wanted to be, and I wish the answers were different, you're going to get much, much less from it. I, I never got to the point where uh, a switch flipped and I just started talking about some experiences. I mean, I was just responding to, to questions as they were posed to me. So that's, that's the other really cool thing um, because, you know, practitioners never know how the client's going to react during the session or where they're going to go or what's going to be said or what's going to be healed. Um, but what's so interesting about that is some people are real chatty Cathy's when they're under. Some people are very reserved, just like pulling teeth to get the words out. Um, but here's how brilliant your high self is. Um, for the people that that get less, I guess, volume of information, um, the high self knows exactly what you need in a shorter condensed version to get you to the same place. So, you know, a client that may only see maybe a couple scenes of a past life or maybe a memory from younger times in this life, um, it may not be what they expected it to be, but it's almost like the snowball at the top of the mountain that creates the avalanche. And if you will keep your mind open to it and ponder it more, and what else could that mean? And I wonder if that has relation to this. You know, if you keep entertaining it, more information starts coming in. It's when you say, I made it all up and I'm not even going to listen to the recording and it wasn't what I wanted, that you stop it all. So now go back and listen to your recording. Okay. Thank and you. assume assume it was a perfect session for you because it really was truly. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm. Uh, you just reminded me. I I've, I've had one session myself. I'm going to go back and listen to that. Um, as, as soon as we get off this call, because now I'm like, wait, it was like years ago, and there was one. Yeah, yeah. I remember this one part where I was a plant. Have you ever had that? Did we talk about this? Yes, oh, yes. I love plants, uh, like trees yeah. and plants. Yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, because you, you, know, you say in the se sessions, you look down, what do you see? And I'm like, thorns. <laughs> so I was like, what is happening here? Like, am I making this up? How is this going Yeah, exactly. It's like, am I making this up? You would never make that up. I know. I would never even consider that I was a tree or a uh, alien plant on another world or something. It was something. It was like that. It was, they moved, they grew very fast. It was like, it was not like a tree time. It was like things were moving very fast. Anyways, uh, all right. Cool. Uh, Christine, you have your, your hand up. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I've heard this before, but I feel like it sunken in a little more profoundly when I just rediscovered this, that all of this is a dream. And the, like the grander consciousness dreamed 
you into this reality, into this physical reality where it's a lot more dense and it's a lot more real. Things are tangible. And then as we raise in consciousness, we're probably going to become less dense, like a dream, you know, like what we relate to is a dream. So this is a really tangible dream right now. And then as we raise in our frequency, it's probably, I, I imagine it to become more of like this dreamlike state, what we relate to as a dream. So that's why we're able to, if we go into these sessions or, you know, channeling states, um, our consciousness has risen to the point where like it's, it's merging with that higher, the higher self, I guess, like a, a broader spectrum of consciousness. So that's why there's not such a gap and we're able to recall and be present during these sessions. So, um, yeah. Well, and you're absolutely right, you know, about being aware in the sessions, what the high selves tell me is um, we have to know what it feels like to be able to access that part of us that knows everything and, and being somewhat aware. And I, I tell people, it's like, it's not like we are right now talking, asking questions, listening. It's not that aware. It's kind of like um, the feeling that you get when you get up at night to use the restroom. You don't want to wake up 100%. You want to stay kind of groggy, do what you need to do, get right back into bed, hopefully fall right back to sleep again. You're feeling aware. You're not fully aware. And so in this situation, in the hypnosis, it's more that feeling aware state. You might be aware that you're still in my office, or you might be aware that I'm sitting next to you or hear some traffic noise outside. But when I'm asking you questions about this other time and place you're at, you can also zone into your other aspect of yourself there and answer those questions from that point of view. And that's what I think we're, if it's electrical or energetic, it, it has to be energetic because that's what we are. But that's what I think we're tapping into. I mean, we can all do this. You just, if, um, here's a little exercise, um, write down a question that you have and don't make it a yes or no. Well, you can, it can be yes or no, but that's just so too easy, but write down a question or something you'd like clarity on, and then just close your eyes and just do some good deep breathing because that calms down the, the parasympathetic nerves and gets the body in a, in a gentler state have a pen and paper ready and come out, look at that one question. Don't think about it and just start writing. I mean, that's automatic writing, but that's another way of connecting into that part of you that knows everything, what we call the high self or the subconscious. And we can all do this at any time. I do it when I'm, um, you know, if I wake up in the night and I can't get back to sleep after a while, I'll remember, oh yeah, let's, let's go, let's go ask some questions. And I'll practice that. I want to know about this and, and trust the first thing that comes to mind. And, and I'll have this conversation back and forth or ask to be shown something that I need to go understand better. Or if maybe there's a place I want to go to and I, I went to journey there. Um, but I'm, I'm awake, but I'm relaxed enough that I'm not worrying and doubting about it. I'm just letting it flow. And that's, I think, a great little way of strengthening that muscle to that part of us that knows everything because we've got all our, like, like I said, we're like this close, say the high cells to being able to fully access that. And what's so great about trusting that knowing that we all carry is when you've got it for yourself, 
you're going to help others around you because everybody's coming to this point at the time they need to come there. So it's going to be a million gazillion different um, people coming at a million gazillion different times to that point. But once we get anchored into, okay, you know, everything's going to be okay. And here's why. This is the first thing that comes to mind about this. It's it's what we came here to experience, um, this knowing. So cool, cool place to be. Yeah, I, I have another comment about um, the illusion that whatever comes from your imagination is made up. Um, I mean, anything that you you think of has life in it. And it's just a matter of the solidification process. Every thought, everything that comes in the physical reality starts with a thought. And it's just a matter of how much attention that you put into it, that you can actually solidify it into physical reality. And then also, where do these thoughts come from anyway? We think that, um, you know, I consciously thought of this thing that I'm speaking right now. Yeah, I'm speaking right now, but where do these words come from? I feel like we're channeling constantly, but it's on levels. Some more, maybe more um, fractionated ego is talking at one moment, but everything is coming from the from the greater consciousness. So if there's something that comes into your imagination, it's probably just, you know, it's it's all being downloaded from this grander consciousness. Well, you can think about the great painters. Uh, well, Ribbon's wife, where do these concepts come from? I can stand in front of an easel and I'm going to tell you, it's not going to look anything like like hers. <laughs> I think that part of my brain is is uh, turned off at the moment, but but thank goodness that there's people like 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 Ruben's wife who can let all of that flow through them or a musician. It's, they're they're tapping into that part of them that has access to those beautiful sounds and knows how to create it using an instrument or the voice or whatever it is. It's just we're all capable of it all. I think, you know, and I think you can look at this as you look at the things that are presented to us in the world right now. I don't, I'm not a really good political person. I'm interested in the process and more interested than I think I've ever been. But like, I don't want to be that Matt Gates is that his last name? Matt Gates and right. But I'm like, wow, dude, he's like into what he's doing. Like he, he's, he's doing it. Thank goodness for him. I don't think he'd be a good hypnotherapist, but, <laughs> but that's okay. Cause that's my jam. So I, I'm really appreciative of the garbage guy. Thank goodness he's into what he's doing. I really appreciate what he does for for our neighborhood. Um, or stay-at-home mamas and you know how they're helping their little ones. Um, so we're not here to be experts of everything, although I think we're hundred percent capable of it. But what you feel your joy at doing is probably what you're set up to be doing here. And that can change too over time. But um it's it's really recognizing, I think, that we all have full potential and then we all have gifts and finding what the gifts are and exploring those. All right. Um, thank you. Uh, Catherine, you, wanna, you guys want to jump in? Hi. It's so nice to meet you. And I just wanted to, um, a few things. But um, so after seeing... Uh, Ruben's show with the designers and whatnot. It was a really great 
um, couple of episodes. But I've been interested in hypnotherapy for many, many, many years. First time I was hypnotized was when I was 15. And I've worked with a hypnotherapist, not QHHT, but anyway, super fascinated with all of that. And I just recently went, finished my level one QHHT. So this is a great joy and excitement to meet you and listen to you speak. And um, so I love some of the questions of other people talking with you. And of course, like I finished my level one exam. And so um, this is my first subject. Yeah, <laughs> that was sweet. My husband is so Access sweet. Career. So he let me like regress him. And it was so much fun. What a great way to like start with somebody that you feel really safe with. But yeah, like how um, the other gentleman, I'm sorry, Wade, I think that was Wade who was speaking about the left brain. Of course, like that's like one of my biggest, I don't want to call it a fear, but it's like, oh, snap, like I'm going to, I'm sure at some point I'm going to be regressing these left brainers that are going to have a really hard time letting go and surrendering and trust what's like coming to them. Um, so your advice was, is really good The just, and so I wanted to ask you, like, what do you say to your, like, if you know, if you're meeting somebody in that interview process and you really know they're a left brainer, like, are there any other suggestions or, or things that you say or talk them through like ahead of time? Um, I would love to hear like your insights on that. Well, you know, what I learned in my lesson about that is I never judge anybody because I've had people that I would consider incredibly left brain be the easiest, deepest clients ever. I've had the woo-woo mamas, you know, be the most difficult and challenging ones. Um, like what the hell? I remember I had one that she was like, she's really into meditation. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, peace, okay. This is going to be so easy. And when she got done, um, she was just kind of annoyed with me. And she's like, I didn't know you're going to ask me so many questions. And I'm like, oh, and she, she was like, I thought this was going to be like a meditation. I'm like, well, no, you know, we got to ask the questions to get the answers to get onto the recording. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I and and you know i had one gentleman he was he was american but he was living in hong kong i think and he flew from hong kong for his session never slept on the plane came straight to my office went right into it from there and um his position at that time was running a, a very famous newspaper and so his head was always into that analytics so you think he'd be like the toughest one Oh my gosh, he was like, he was awesome. And it wow. was, I just have learned, I kind of give the same information that I give to everybody. I might reword it a little bit. I, I, I like to have them be comfortable with the information I'm giving them. So I don't shove high self down everybody's throat. I ask them what they want to call it. Um, Ruben, you'll like this. I had a gal from Japan and she wanted to, um, she wanted to call it purple monkey. And I'm like, okay, we'll call it purple monkey. And okay. it came but through. It was. The high self is purple monkey. That's what she wanted to call it. That's what she felt comfortable with. So it's usually high self, subconscious, divine self, super conscious, whatever name they feel comfortable with. I just like them to um, feel that they have that choice because if they don't believe in, in past lives, that's totally cool. I, I can work with that, but I want to know that ahead of time. So I don't keep past lifing this and past lifing that. And because that cuts them down. They are right. Off. And I can understand. In that yeah so you do so you do like gauge like the language that you used based on the person coming in like what you call the same thing but but terminology can have triggers or different definitions for people okay i'll just say you know we're getting ready to 
um, talk to this part of you that you have that knows everything. And what do you like to call it? What would you like to call it today? And I'll give them some examples of what most commonly it's called. And and sometimes they have their own way of, of naming that. And I had a gal many, many, many years ago, and we we're having that conversation. And she says, what do you think it calls itself? And I said, oh my gosh, that's a great question. I don't know. And when we were at, towards the end of her session, having this great conversation with that part of her, I said, what do you call yourself? And she, she's laying there, eyes are closed. And she goes, oh, you human, you have to label everything. She goes, there is no name for me. I am I'm like, duly noted. And, and she says, you can call it you can call me subconscious. You can call me Bob. It doesn't matter. It's it's just you humans like to label. And I'm like, you're right. That's that's true. But but for for each client's um, level of comfort, I like to go with what they prefer because then then they're with me. Right, right. That's amazing. No, we we tried to book sessions with you, but it was like I think your wait list is like three years. Or something mm-hmm. outrageous. Two years. Yeah. It's like um, I don't know. It's I don't know. I've got to send in more dates. I think it's I think we're to October of twenty twenty five. Yeah, and I was like, oh, because I we wanted to do a session because I'm going to be practicing. I'm going to be working with people, so I wanted to go and have a QHHT session, of course, with you. But um, we'll have to do that another time. Uh, but, so we found you know, someone in Oakland. Where are you guys located at? We're in Napa, California, wine country. Oh, gosh. There are so many good practitioners up in that area. I would just look on the... We found, find found a gal, Kaya, uh, a woman, Kaya. What's her last name? I can't remember her last name off call, um, but she's a QHHT level two practitioner. So he's actually going tomorrow. How serendipitous is this that we're like, he's going tomorrow and I'm going Thursday for my session with her. So Well, good. I, I hope you guys have just, and know that it's going to be just the way that you need it to be. And you're going to do your best. She's going to do her best. And it's going to end up being exactly what you both needed. It'll be perfect. Yes. Yes. I'm excited. No, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm so excited. This is such a treat to meet you. And I really hope to meet you in person today. That's it. Or have a session. We will. We will. Thanks, guys. Oh, Mark, you have your hand up. Go ahead, Mark. Hi, Suzanne. So, so glad you could be here. Thanks for coming. I was curious. I mean, there is, we're all just one. And so, higher self is more of a human concept but i was curious um and it's all connected so it's probably more like a boundary type of a thing but i'm curious with all the work that you've done over the years where you are with your definition or concept of what the higher self actually is well that's a gosh that's a good question i think our that what we call the higher self is probably more of our our true self in this, in this one experience, um, at the time, um, it's the part of the ego wouldn't like to hear that. Yeah. I love my ego. It's it's snarky. I actually have a name for my ego, a a literal name for it. My friends know it. It's called snarky Susie. And she comes out and then I feel like I'm that, that, um, that meme. I go back into the bushes and fade back out. But um, no, I'm a well-rounded human being. I have, I have all sides, but, um, that, that part of us 
it loves us unconditionally. There is no um, judgment. It knows that we're perfect no matter how we present ourselves. And that part of us, I think, is also um, more readily and accepting that we're part of source or God and uh, is guided by that that part of us because we are all one. Um, I think the separation of segments, all these different souls from source is a pretty mind-blowing concept of um, source experiencing itself in as many different ways as possible. Uh, so I, I, you know, sometimes when I, when I see others doing some things, I'll be like, oh, good for you. You know, that, wow, I wouldn't have tried that experience, but, you know, but, but I get to have on some level the benefit of their experience because of the oneness. Uh, it's so much. It's, it's a lot to wrap a head around. Um, that, that's, I think that's, again, another cool aspect of my job is uh, I get it. Everybody's high self has its own flavor. And that flavor comes through in the way that each person needs to have that day of the session. And that changes. Um, so on, on the rare occasions where I see people more than once, um, sometimes that experience changes. It's not um, definitely like the first session that can, that can change because we change. It's interesting. I, just, I hadn't really thought about it, but I think your higher self is really connected, much more connected to source. But like you mentioned, there's, of course, different flavors. So there's still different. It's, it's obviously still fragmented from source um, since there's different flavors. And I'd be curious about how or if or where the flavoring fades away um, and if there is a kind of a set boundary or if like different people have different boundaries. As far as the high self goes, one thing that has been fascinating in my work is, um, how should I say this? So if we all encompass, say this is our high self, this ball here, and there's layers in this ball, um, the lower levels only meaning that they're closer to a human experience, the higher levels, meaning they're closer to that source or God experience. Okay. So we all have all of those um, within us. What I notice in a session is it's like whatever level that client really needs to, will really resonate with, will really take in the information with, that's the part that will come through. And and I'll see that because sometimes the high selves are, they're very earth-like in that they'll crack jokes, they'll drop the F-bomb, they'll, they'll be snarky. Um, and then there's other ones that are very high and aloof and they're not so worried about the client's physical body, their physical body, um, because a body is such a temporary situation. And if um, I'm asking you, well, they have a question about their digestion system and they'll just kind of go, it's fine. It's just, it's, it's going to work itself out. Don't worry about it. Like, but they have to work it out. So tell her what she needs to do to work that out. And they'll be like, you need to let go of the anger from your blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, that's really, that's great advice. And then it's, you know, that's just, it's, it's so amazing because. I'm going to get off 
probably topic of what you asked, but it's just such a great thing to talk about. The the part of us that comes through is that high self we'll give the title to is not often like the person that I'm sitting and interviewing and talking to before the session that has, they have their own way about them, their own personality. It can be subtle changes. It can be dramatic changes like um, Beverly. I mean, that was a flipping dramatic change when we did her first session, this sweet little hairdresser lady. And then we're talking this robotic voice that's talking about tubes and um, designers and engineers and, and all of this. And, but that's what had to come through, you know, for her and for each client. Um, and that's just one of the funnest aspects of my job is not knowing how that's going to be and having to go by the seat of my pants on how to engage that and get as much information for the client as possible onto that recording. But we're all just so extra amazing. And if you had multiple sessions, you would come through probably in different ways. I mean, I know I have personally in my own personal sessions and it's I, what my guess is on that is again, each day you're a different version of yourself and each time you tap into that high self in the format of a QHHT session, as an example, it's going to be a little bit different than the time before, which makes things very lively and interesting. Cool. Thank you very much. You're very Thanks, Mark. So I, on that topic, um, I was wondering, so do we, do you think us humans, do we change archetypes with based on the situations and timing and things where we are in our life? We, do you think we can switch? For example, lately, uh, I've had this um, connection with Merlin and Odin. and um sort of in meditations tapping into that archetype i don't and i'm trying to think that was i this arch did i have this connection to this archetype in the past i'm like no i think i was on a different path but now i'm like really resonating with those archetypes and the teachings that they have to offer and maybe there was some small aspects of me in the past that had that connection but it's really more prevalent now so am i shifting archetypes with even who I am, because I'm aligning with these different energies. Is that how it works? Oh my gosh, think? I just had chill the whole time you were explaining that. Yeah, I think it, to give an analogy, I think it's like, you know, there's times in our lives where we're ready to turn a page. And right. a little bit of what you've had on the page before, it will seep through onto mm -hmm. the next one. And now you're ready for another adventure, another learning, another part of yourself. Um, and I think that's why we don't stay typically so stagnant in, in our life experiences. We have dramatic changes, highs and lows. And, um, that of course is also part of the human gig. It's a gift, which doesn't feel like a gift. A lot of times right. is that we've got the highest of highs and the lowest of lows in this experience. And in other realms, they, they don't, they tell me this all the time that, um, this is a special thing. They're more steady up to this higher part that the gift of having the whole realm of experiences from these different archetypes and life experiences is that we can feel it. We can know it. Um, we experience it. It's like um, reading about 
doing brain surgery versus actually doing brain surgery. They're two very different experiences. And I think that's awesome to recognize that your, your focus is, is shifting in a different way and that you're really empowered by things that, that have surfaced, bubbled up to the surface a little bit in the past. And now you're like, Hey, now let's look at this because you're ready for it. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's like being an actor, right? We take on these roles depending, depending on the, the script, right? That, thank you for bringing that up because I went, I was giggling in my head about when you were talking about that earlier because it's so funny because Dolores would say, you know, one of the things that she loved to talk about was we're each our own actors, directors, producers, audience, right, 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 you know, right. we're the whole kit and caboodle for our life. And yep. then there's somebody like Ruben who, who acts like that. <laughs> <laughs> it takes it to another level. I guess if you were in a movie and you're acting like that, acting like that, you know, right. it's just it's so we're so funny. God, we're so funny. It's it's I look at my life, it's crazy. Cause my my two sort of sort of my biggest uh roles that I'm known for is, you know, Jake doing the stunt double for Jake Sully and Avatar, the first movie, and um, and then this other video game, Devil May Cry, where I play a, a half human, half demon slaying the demons and all that stuff so and then i look at the the influence that those characters have on the collective in in that collective story and then i look at my own life and i'm like well i'm kind of doing that in a different way in my you know in real real ruben right what is the real Ruben? and it's kind of it, it get those those roles get blurred in in different ways depending on how you look at it but uh, obviously movies are movies they're make-believe but they do have a uh especially these video games they have such a profound um uh influence on on people's lives and people's emotions and people how they uh i've had lines of people trying to get my autograph and i'm just like what am i doing what are these people and then they tell me oh you have no idea how this game influenced me in this role and this character and this stuff and i'm like uh, yeah, I guess, you know, I can relate as a kid, when I was a kid too, I would watch play video games and get influenced and have emotional, like become emotional based on these characters that you're interacting with. So, um, uh, it is strange. Life is, at least my life is stranger than fiction. sometimes, Especially when we're talking well, about know, these subjects and stuff. You know, like the people that you have influenced with that, Ruben, that's really interesting because what resonates with them through you, it's probably experiences their souls have had, and they're recognizing that through what you present. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think that's why I think we can all, you know, think of. Let's talk about places or people. There's places that we love to be at, or we'd love to go to. We just feel a calling for that. Yep. There's places that you can pay me a million dollars to go to. Or there's people that you meet that you just instantly feel like you're best friends with, or you instantly go, I recoil from. And it's just worry. And so I think, you know, I, I don't do video games. You know, my, my kids probably did that more, but it's, it's entering a different world. It's entering a different reality. And uh, it's entertaining that right side of the brain probably a lot more than, than the left. Yeah, yeah. I, I recently here in Japan, we went and watched um, Ava- the new Avatar movie on IMAX and getting sucked into that world. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Uh, uh, it's an amazing movie. The first one was obviously 
the first time we saw something like that so highly impactful the second one to me felt just as impactful and and awesome um more so because i didn't know that i didn't know what the whole story was going to be so it was like unfolding in real time the first one i kind of had the spoiler right so i knew it was i knew the scenes um so but uh but yeah you get sucked into that world and you get sucked into those characters and you feel the emotions that those characters are playing out on the screen that's the the, the job of the actor the job of the director the job of the movie maker um so it is fascinating though how those um projections on a screen influence us in our thinking and our way and also um just yeah how we take that how do we integrate it how do we put it out into the world and uh, it's the the correlations have become more and more uh clear and prominent and and that's why now i, I make the conscious choice for any type of work i'm doing in the video games or you know that kind of stuff not not to take on roles that um roles or projects that have sort of these not so good um messages for humanity so it's yeah well that, and that's the yeah. other thing is the discernment of the yeah. message that's coming across and i think we're getting wiser to those situations too and being able to recognize that yeah so my, my last job i haven't worked was uh, uh on call of duty right you know that 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 franchise uh playing this uh mk ultra uh, drugged you know vietnam uh, soldier that's going in to steal some missiles from the Russians or it gets really complicated, but I'm sitting there like, you know, playing this, getting MK ultra, right. With drugs and they're brainwashing me and all this stuff. I'm like, what the hell am I putting my energy into? This is, I can't, I can't, I can't do this anymore. This is terrible. Like before I didn't have that connection that I was influencing a collective in that way. And then I'm like, no, no. I mean, it's both. It goes both ways, positive or negative. And I'm like, I, I'm, I'm done. Yes. I, I, I cannot put my energy into uh, something that's going to, you know, just to perpetuate the, all the issues we have these days. And you can make that argument. Well, the video, our video games, are they gonna, are they harmful for society? Are they, didn't, are they? And there's, there's a lot of that. But it's just interesting that that archetype subject. I've always kind of, especially of late, I was thinking, I'm like. Well, what archetype am I? Um, and does it shift? Does it change with our uh, in the moment? You know, do we align ourselves? I think it does. With it changes with our focus. You know, right? Yeah. So we can step in and be whatever archetype we want to be, in a sense. I think we make things a lot more complicated than we need yeah. to. You know, actually, yeah. it's pretty simple. But you, clearly, you get the was I Cleopatra in the past? kind of uh many people oh i was cleopatra and all these kind of past lives come up is that do you <laughs> think that is right so um for example i just threw out merlin's name how many merlins have you had in your um i don't think i've had a merlin to tell you the truth um i've had a lot of cleopatra well not a lot mother mary um, mother mary, mary yep. magdalene jesus had several of those and so here was that concept then real quick is that um there are imprints of of an archetype or mm -hmm. a soul that we can tap into at any time. And so maybe there's a young, maybe there's a, a female that's going to be born that needs to have the experience of being a good leader. 
but in her own soul's history, she's never had that experience to pull from in the current life. Um, So she'll be imprinted with, say, someone like Cleopatra. And so if you were, I don't know, I guess if you were going to regress her, she mm-hmm. could have a life as Cleopatra and it's, she is having that life. That's that it's just as if she had her, her physical self, um, but it's the imprint of all that knowledge. And in sessions, the high cells will say this actually happens more than we think. And that is the reason why several people can be the same person in history. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really all that common that it happens, but it does happen. Um, but that makes sense, you know, and when you have like, like Jesus and, uh, Muhammad and, uh, Mary Magdalene, I mean, there's so much more to that experience than being a physical self. And, um, the essence of that is within all of us. And that person at, at that day needed to have that experience to understand something more deeply about themselves. And so that's, that's the aspect that they they drew on and that's great because again we're all one so right, we're right. all married and we're all merlin and you know it's just it's just it's the truth so it so in a sense your work is sort of validating that it's more of what is that person aligning with in the moment with the situations and circumstances that they're dealing with in that now moment that and that sort of connects into which life they're going to pull from in that, in that time of the regression. So I've asked the high cells that question many times of how'd you pick this certain lifetime to show them right? and say things like, well, they, they, she needs to know why um, she's never fit into her family. So, so we showed her a lifetime um, where she's been with them before. And this is what happened and why she wanted to come in this time and repair perhaps what happened before or, Maybe they've um, never had any support in this lifetime with anybody. And they'll show them a, a lifetime where that was the opposite, where the whole community loved them and they were held up and cared for. And they will say sometimes when they're showing them such opposites like that, they'll say, you know, it's not always like this. This is just one lifetime out of many. And the lessons that they chose to learn was how to overcome this. And so they created this montage of family members and experiences in order to learn that they can overcome hard situations. Um, you know, it just, it doesn't seem like it'd be something that we would pick as a, as a soul coming into a lifetime to learn because it's not real pleasant, but we do. And uh, I think when we can wrap our heads around that, it takes, again, the, the victimhood away from it and we can appreciate what we've learned from this situation. Gotcha. Awesome. Wow. Well, there's a lot to chew on in this, <laughs> this two-hour talk. So thank you, Suzanne, for coming uh, Thank you. Thank you. Everybody in. Is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, we'd love to continue to hear any updates that you have going on. Um, do you, do you do a newsletter that you put out? Or, no. or do you have a, anything where people can sign up or anything? Okay, we'll just keep checking in. Well, yeah, just keep checking in. We've, okay. um, right now, Beverly and I are working really hard on our book. That's I've got right. my own book that I've put to the side while we finish up mine and Beverly's. 
Um, so there'll be a lot of information coming that way. And, um, oh, and, and um, uh, another QHHT gal, a great friend of mine, Sarah Bruxman Cosme, who's going to be on that, uh, the cruise that you're going on. She just got added oh. to that. Oh, sweet. Uh, she'll be a speaker there. She's written nice. a couple of books. And so she and I are going to uh, lead a group to Egypt in May. So we're so excited about that. It is oh, going to be right, um, right. a whole I know we were talking about, about trying to get Bill on some of that. But yes. Anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll do it again. We're going to, we're actually yeah. just getting ready to plan for the second trip. Um, so we'll get those details figured out. But um, the whole trip is about um, helping people remember their own past lives in Egypt and being able to tap into the collective um, to gather more information. So it'll be, it'll be fun. Yeah. And so that's going to be a regular thing, you think? Not just a one-off? Yes. I think it will be a regular thing. We, we're, at, we're just, today we actually were having the talk. I said twice a year, once a year, twice a year, once a year. So All right. figure it out. Well, cool, cool. And we can just check in your website. You'll have dates on that. Yep. Check into my website. Um, Facebook page is, is really right. good to keep up with things. And yeah, definitely follow Suzanne. She, finds the best memes out of anybody for <laughs> making your day bright is you are you are queen of memes of the best memes snarky susie puts a few in too but i have to what's that it's a snarky susie puts a few in oh, too but snarky susie okay all right well, I, I, i'll it's, see it's which well one yes it's good <laughs> stuff i love it i love you every time i i don't do facebook much but when i do i i see your memes and i'm like yes this is the reason why i'm here so thank you. <laughs> right, well, we'll we'll let you go. Thank you again for your um, time, and we'll talk soon. Okay, bye, Ruben. Bye bye. Thanks for tuning in. I uh, hope you like this interview. We actually do this every week on my membership portal page, and you can access it through interviewwithed.org or uh, click on the link uh, somewhere in here. I'll put a link and uh, come over and join us. You too can ask questions. Every week we have new special guests and you get to ask questions directly to the channelers and to the beans that they channel. So see you in the portal.